Slot Podcast with the most electrifying man in all of podcasting. Your host, the Opera Ghost. Now please sit back, relax, make sure you enjoy yourself. And always remember, let's get a slutty. Find the Ace Love Podcast on all social media at the Ace Love Podcast. And please check out the website, aceloppodcast.com, or email the show. At gmail.com. And once again, please enjoy. <laughs> Hello, my lovely little sluts, and welcome back to another episode of the Ice Lot Podcast. Your host, the Opera Ghost here. Now, before we get into anything that we're talking about today, I need to put out there a big, 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 big trigger warning. This episode contains discussions involving consensual non-consent, otherwise known as rape play or rape fantasies. We will be focusing on the consensual actions but the content you may content you may be listen you may listen to may potentially be triggering for you so please use your own thoughts and make sure that what you're about to listen to is really something that you want to now because today we are talking about consensual non-consent seems like a contradiction terms but it is most definitely, definitely <laughs> a thing. And, and for those that know, a very, very great and uh, sexy, sexy thing to do, if done correctly, and both parties are actually on board with it. We're going to talk a little bit about that side of things as we go through and do all of this but first I need to remind you all that Old Playground is always open for you in every way possible but the ma- uh, an important thing to share about Old Playground is that it is a safe place to share so unlike many social media sites and apps in the Apple Store that censor their users' sexual identities. Old Playground is a website that allows you to share your sexiest sides with a peace of mind. 
Features like the big wall, video profiles and video conferencing provide safe, secure ways to connect and share. And always remember, our playground is so much more than just a place to connect with sexy, sexy people. There's sex positive resources like the podcast corner where you can find me, the ESL podcast, and the video corner as well. There are always places where it highlights some of the top sexuality conferences in the country when COVID comes down again in the new conferences module. So go check it out at Alt Playground 1 on Twitter and altplayground.net. And my genteel gentleman, gentleman. Oh, here I am trying to sound sexy again and failing. <laughs> but I think you guys are used to that by now. Once again, I'm going to put another trigger warning here in that this episode does create, uh, does contain dis- um, a discussion around rape fantasies. Although there is a lot of consensual action, the content that you're about to listen to may be triggering for you. Okay, so if anything even slightly non-consensual may trigger you, go and listen to another episode. Don't listen to this one, maybe, for your own safety. Now, let's get into it. So I found I found this article from June last year um, on Sophia Gray's blog, sophiagray.com, on what is consensual non-consent. And basically, consensual non-consent, which is sometimes referred to as rape play, involves two or more consenting adults participating in a fantasy where one adult pretends not to consent to the sexual activity that's happening. 
Now there's two words in there that need to be highlighted, and the first one is is consent. And what is it? We we should know by now what it is. I've talked about it enough. It's giving permission for something that's about to happen. Simple as that. There's no there's no two ways about it. There's many discussions about what consent is, but it's that yes means yes. And I really like I really like this that goes into it next. So for ages rallying and cry months consent advocate advocates was no means no. But this ide ideology was soon thought of as too vague because it could really mean that any sexual pass is warranted unless someone says no or declines it. Yes means yes or is the new term or for me. Hell yes means yes. Otherwise, it opens itself up to a coerced yes or, you know, enthusiastic consent is, is for me. They have to be right proper into it, not just a, yeah, I'll do it if you want to or I'll do it for you. That's not big for me. But it simply means to say that no permission is given or assumed, given or assumed until you hear that yes. The gist of consent is that it's not something you have until it's taken away. It's something you don't have until it's given to you. Sorry. Yeah. Consent is not something you have until it's taken away. It's something you don't have until it's given to you. And even then, it can still be taken away. It's a fluid conversation, and you can with and you can pull consent at any time that you like. I've said that so much throughout this podcast. The second word that that Sophia pulls out, and I actually really like this, is pretend. The emphasis on pretending or role-playing and fantasizing is important when we're talking about dangerous sexual activities like consensual non-consent. It's a fantasy, one that can be played out through multiple times, but it's one that's discussed at length with boundaries set beforehand. Safe words are chosen and limits are put into place. And the actual scene itself takes place afterwards or another time. Although someone might may be saying no, it's not a real no, because the terms of this scene has been discussed beforehand. In CNC scenes, or consensual non-consent CNC, the, it's the struggle that is a large, large part of the fun. So saying no or quote-unquote trying to get your partner away from you could be considered as part of the scene. That's why you have a different kind of safe word. If the person really wants to end the activity, a safe word, other than no, like I've just sort of talked about, is put into place, and if this safe word is used, everything should stop immediately, and that's that taking away of consent, I guess, straight away, is when that word is said. Consensual non-consent, commonly referred to as CNC, which is I, which is what I like to use, but Sophia prefers the term rape play occurs when consenting adults agree to perform an act of non-consensual activity has been talked to, talked about prior to, and actually consented upon. Now why are rape fantasies a thing? Some may wonder why on earth you'd want to imagine being raped. And I can definitely understand why that might be confusing to a lot of people. Although you're fantasizing about being taken non-consensually, there's so much more at play during a CNC scene. And I will dive into why people like CNC as we go on. 
So much of the time, though, it's about the surrender, as with any submissive sexual activity. There's a kind of freedom that comes out when you're giving up that power, that, that, you know, responsibility, I guess, to somebody else. And then there's this this insane, insane, beautiful connection between the people involved. And especially when they can maintain fantasies like this. It's about the flood of hormones and emotions that come from feeling helpless or feeling like somebody else holds your pain and pleasure within their hands. We all deal with power-related situations every day. Like it or not, we find ourselves in circumstances where someone has power over us or vice versa, such with our parents or children, our bosses at work. Clinical sexologist Sarah Mankon of the Sex Toy Collective tells Sophia Gray, Combine the psychology around power with the general cultural taboo around sex, and it's not surprising that the fantasy of being forced to have sex is appealing. And Ancon goes on to, to explain that fantasies about non-consent can mean many different things to people. For some, fantasies of forced sex may be appealing because it feels wrong. For others, it may be about being so desired that their partner simply can't help it. And some people use it to take back power. So say, for example, they've been sexually abused in the past, they've been raped in the past. This is a way to bring back the power to them. And I've spoken about that a little bit in BDSM as therapy. And I, I will talk about that again because I think it's a great form as part of therapy. Rack is something that I think everybody needs to know about. Risk-aware consensual kink. I hope that the people listening to this do know about that. It was a term created to cover some gaps in this safe, 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 safe consensual lingo, which is more a more popular model of consent in, in a lot of BDSM communities. Rack asks, if is everyone giving consent? Do all participants acknowledge and accept the risks involved in the scene? And does everybody take personal responsibility for their role in the scene? Rack is about taking responsibility and understanding there are risks to what you're doing. In CNC, that can be something physical, like understanding there's a chance you could have bruises. Um, from a top's point of view, there could be the chance of um, some some form of recall coming back with the person and them reacting strangely, or something more mental health related, such as potentially being triggering or damaging to your mental health afterwards. <laughs> I, I love that she that Sophia Grace says this. And I'm not going to lie, CNC turns me on a lot, just so you know, like going through this. This is an arousing episode for me. But there's nothing wrong with CNC. If, 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 that's a big if, it's done properly. And it is a lot more common than people realize. 61% of women have had fantasies about forced sexual activity, with 21% of those saying it's a fantasy they have often. 
54% of men have had fantasies about forced sexual activity, with 115 saying they fantasize about it often. Now, whether that's top, like, um, doing the forcing or being forced, I'm not sure. 68% of non-binary individuals have fantasized about forced sexual activity before, with 31% of them saying they fantasize about it often. You are not, not a bad person for, for fantasizing about this about CNC and you're not crazy for fantasizing about being forced to have sex. However, there is a re very real separation between non between actual non-consensual activities such as rape or sexual assault that is completely non-consensual non-consensual I should say and role-playing scenarios of rape where consent has been given prior to the event. CNC can bring up some unexpected emotions, flashbacks, um, flashbacks being the main one for me that, that I've come across. If you, if you do participate in these role plays, you may be surprised it brings up some difficult feelings. It doesn't always, but it can, so you should be aware of that before getting involved with it. If you find that you've been triggered during a CNC roleplay or feeling unsafe or uncomfortable. Stop immediately using that safe word that you've agreed upon beforehand. And if you're having mixed feelings about the scene afterwards, take special care to connect with your partner. Aftercare is a huge, huge, huge part of CNC, especially if there's if there's prior trauma, previous trauma around. Um, anything non-consensual. Consensual. If you at any point find yourself having impulses that involve non-consensual rape, these are things you should speak with a mental health professional about. If you find yourself fantasizing about real rape scenarios, and therefore putting yourself in dangerous situations, kind of a self-harm by proxy, this is also something a mental health professional can help you work through. There are some very valid reasons people find CNC play sexually arousing. It's about control or giving control. Being in a position of power over your submissive is, is a very intoxicating feeling. Even though consent has been given before the activities and have begun and a safe word can be used at any point throughout the scene, you may find yourself drawn to CNC play. Because it takes the role of dominant to another level, but again, I, I I just said it's about control and giving that control to somebody else. It allows you to clear your mind and focus exactly on what's happening there and then, or it can take you to another place. So many times, and it's about it's about trust. This is a big one as well for me. That, that trust. The kind of trust between a dominant and submissive is never more intense than during the middle of a, of a CNC scene, where one partner is completely vulnerable and another is completely responsible. Having this incredibly intimate bond with a partner is one of the reasons many people find CNC plays so arousing. It can even be considered an emotional bonding experience because there's so much trust between the two partners. It's about being taken off guard, and this and this is this is something that I like to bring up when talking about being taken off guard. Is 
say for example a kidnapping scene where you're not told exactly when or where the person's going to be but it's going to happen at some point on this day for example although th and that's agreed upon as well by the way although things have been agreed on upon before you begin it doesn't mean CNC play can't take you by surprise Say you've agreed and decided on all the things you want to happen in the roleplay, but you've told your partner that you want the roleplay to happen at a time when you least expect it, like I said, making it feel like a very real situation. This kind of anticipation and the false sense of danger that comes from being surprised by a forceful partner can be incredibly thrilling, and believe me, I've been on both sides of that. It's... Oh, my God. It's something else. It's about surrender, and this is what I spoke about. With a, a, it's about a control, giving yourself to someone in this kind of way. Some might say the ultimate form of surrender, allowing your partner to take control in a way that puts you in a very vulnerable and helpless position, can be the ultimate letting go experience that many submissive craves through their sexual activities. It's all in the imagination. People with overactive imaginations and those who report of fantasizing most often about anything sexual were the people who are most likely to want some kind of forced sex play. This suggests that fantasies like this may be nothing more than the products of a wandering mind. And Lay Miller said that, and he comes back in one of his studies. He noticed that people who had unrestricted socio-sexual orientations, in other words, people who were able to see sex as a physical thing instead of an emotional thing, were people who enjoyed these types of forceful fantasies as well. That doesn't mean they do every single time, by the way. People who see themselves as adventurists and thrill-seekers also fantasize about CNC more often, because their heightened need for excitement. One of the things people think first when they consider CNC is victimization. Are people wanting this simply because they've experienced before and it made some sort of psychological imprint on them? According to Lay Miller, people with a history of sexual victimization were more likely to report forced sex fantasies. He explains, This finding was somewhat surprising to me because it was contradictory to previous research which found no link between sexual history and forced sexual fantasies. However, most studies finding no linkage were based on small student samples. The samples used in Lay Miller studies were of a much larger, more diverse crowd, aged 18 to 87, which could explain the discrepancy. And, uh, but of course, of course, not all sexual assault survivors would find this fantasy intriguing or exciting. Lamella goes on to say, as for why some people who have been sexually victimized may find themselves fantasizing about forceful sex, I suspect that forced sex fantasies may be a way that some people with a history of victimization try to take control of a previous experience over which they had no control. Because in, <coughs> excuse me, in these fantasies, it's 100% them who is in control. Now this next part that Sophia talks about is is absolutely fantastic to talk about in this discussion. 
and it's how to maintain consent during non-consensual fantasies. Maintaining consent during a fantasy where words stop, no, and don't, as well as gestures that mimic fear, pain, or struggle to get free, are all happening at once can be difficult. So how do you know what's part of the fun and what, and when you're really, when your partner is really saying that they need to stop? So a strong sense of self is required. Sarah Malagon chimes in with the idea that the submissive partner in a CNC situation needs to be deeply in touch with their personal sense of boundaries. To be able to assertively say this is a line and we can't cross it and stick to those boundaries that you've made for yourself. can be difficult in, in, in with all that passion, but it's definitely, definitely huge. And there's of course a huge level of accountability on the part of the dominant one. The dominant partner needs to be very open to hearing when they have taken missteps. And that's something very hard for a lot of people to do. Most of us feel insecure about our sexual behavior underneath the surface. So it can feel really bad to know you have crossed someone's boundaries. I know I feel fucking awful if I've overstepped somebody's boundaries. And I have. There's no doubt about that. I, I certainly have. And I hate myself for it for a fair while afterwards. Safe words, of course. And gestures, just in case your mouth is... Uh, Let's say busy. Safe words and gestures are absolutely critical when it comes to dangerous BDSM play, and that includes CNC. Safe words should mean all activity stops completely and immediately. Many people, including myself, use the use the traffic light system, with red meaning stop, yellow meaning slow down or there's a break, and green being an assurance to keep going. To participate in CNC fantasies, the communication level between your partner must be at an all-time high. The submissive must give full informed consent to every single thing that is going to happen during the role play. And you need to kind of discuss this over and over and over again. Even when it feels like you've hammered out every last detail, go over boundaries, hard and soft limits, safe words and signals. Be as specific and as honest as possible during these conversations. Listen to and respect what your partner is saying and feeling about the CNC fantasy. Although talking in depth about this kind of role play can take some of the allure out of it, it's kind of essential in maintaining it if you want to keep doing it. If you do want to add an allure of mystery and anticipation, you can set the rules and boundaries in place and allot a certain amount of time within the role play within which the roleplay can be conducted. So like I said before, with the, the whole kidnapping scenario, it was, it'll happen on this day at some point. You can break that down, it'll happen between, in, within this two hours. Or if you're just sitting at home on, you know, on this evening, it, it could happen at any time through that evening or something like that. But the rules and boundaries of what actually happens What actually happens is all still already is all still there and hammered through. For example, the submissive in the situation can say they want to be taken by surprise. This role play should happen spontaneously between Monday and Thursday of this coming week. This way, you're still able to have the thrill of being caught off guard and the security of a boundary conversation.
it's always good to talk about the scene ahead of time. Like during, and you you sort of describe the sexual activities you're going to force your partner to do in as much detail as possible. To me, this is foreplay in and of itself. <laughs> and that's actually the next sentence. This can be, this can even be considered a type of foreplay for some people. Yeah, I'm definitely one of those people. Most important part is to allow your partner to agree or disagree with anything you you propose and if you're the submissive one, be sure to speak up about your limits and make them known. Also, stay sober. Fucking stay sober and clear thinking when it comes to CNC. Any alcohol or drugs can make it even more more dangerous. Because we know that drugs and drinking can make a rowdy night even kinkier. Your mind should be very, very clear and very strong in these sorts of experiences. And be mindful of your partner's past experiences. Like if they've participated in CNC before, they may know some things that they've enjoyed and some things that were a no-go about the situation. Or even if the partner has a past of sexual violence of any kind, they may have certain things that are very, very much off limits. It works best between partners who know and trust each other completely. So just be mindful of the partner's past and take it into consideration when planning. Aftercare, after CNC. So after very intense sexual experience like CNC, hormones like endorphins and adrenaline can crash, which is obviously often termed as drop. Now this can happen at any time, right? There was one partner I had who dropped religiously four days after a scene. It can happen quite very, very quickly. It can happen two weeks afterwards. It can be any any time. And it can include both physical and emotional symptoms that range from tiredness or irritability to deeper feelings of hopelessness or emptiness. Given the nature of CNC, particularly important for the dominant partner to offer care and reassurance to the submissive as well as caring for themselves. So subdrop refers to the sadness or conflicting emotions as a submissive partner may feel once the rush of the experience has ended. In 2015, a study explained that 46 of the 230 female participants experienced feelings of tearfulness and anxiety after sex. To counteract these feelings, actions can be taken, but they vastly vary depending on each person. Some people just need a few extra moments of affection after sex. Some people like to listen to music. Others like to journal or have a snack. These are all very, very valid forms of aftercare. And after a CNC scene, both partners need to do what they feel is needed to level, themse- level themselves and each other out. Then you've got dom space or top space. And it's an intense altered state of being that a dominant person may feel during or after a BDSM scene such as CNC. People who have experienced it recall that it's similar to being high on drugs. There are amplified sensations and maybe even a feeling as though you're out of your own body. Oh, yes, you can. Mm. Dominant partners must stay in control, even if they're in dom space. During a scene, to be able to respect their submissive needs and boundaries. Coming out of dom space is considered a drop, or top drop, similar to what submissives feel in subdrop. 
There's no magical formula for aftercare. There's no one cure fits all when it comes to reconnecting and leveling out after such an insane experience. The more intense the experience is, the more time and effort you both may need to come back down. Consider just talking to each other, asking what did you like about that experience or what did you not like can be really helpful. But keep in mind that there are altered states if you're going to talk about those sorts of things straight away. For me, it's better off waiting a little bit before you go into that. Moving past the experience may also be helpful to take a few moments to reconnect about and chat about love, life, or what do you want to, whatever you want to have for dinner. Care for yourselves and each other in the ways you both need. And allow yourselves a few moments of calm and connectivity after your CNC experience. Thank you so much, Sophia Gray, for that magnificent article. I did put my own points in there at times, um, as as I usually usually do. But a lot of that message is is a very very good message. CNC can be incredibly incredibly dangerous, especially with the mental side of it. I've always had this sort of belief in myself that. I leave people better than than how I found them. And this is one of those things where it's quite important for that to be the case. Right? If you are to leave somebody, you leave them in a better space than you found them, than when you met. And I, that, that may just be me, but I think that's a really good way of going into relationships and making sure that I'm... Properly. Oh, actually, I've just realised that it, the writer of that is Jamie Bell. I'm sure his surname is Bell. Um, but it's on the Sophia Gray blog. So, yeah, and I, I find that going through these CNC parts, I'm much more aware of how they are and how they might grow from it. People growing. It is a really, 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 really sexy thing. I love people reaching their goals, surpassing them, and then creating more. But anyway, I, I'm I need to go and and fix myself up because I am a little bit too aroused right now. So I'm gonna end that episode here. We will continue talking about CNC in the next episode or two or maybe more I'm not sure yet but thank you for listening to the Ace Lot Podcast and never forget let's get Ace Lottie touch of your lips, dear, but much more for the touch of your whips, dear. You can raise welts like nobody else as we dance to the masochism tango. Say our love is 
a flame, not an amber. Say it's me that you want to dismember. Uh, blacken my eye, set fire to my tie as we dance to the masochism tango. At your command, before you here I stand. My heart is in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> It's here that I must be. My heart entreats. Just hear those savage beats and go put on your cleats and come and trample me. Your heart is hard as stone or mahogany. That's why I'm in such exquisite agony. My soul is on fire. It's a flame with desire. Which is why I perspire when we tango. You caught my nose in your left castanet, love. I can feel the pain yet, love. Every time I hear drums, and I envy the rose that you held in your teeth. Love with the thorns underneath, love sticking into your gums. Your eyes cast a spell that bewitches. The last time I needed 20 stitches to sew up the gash you made with your lash as we dance to the masochism tango. Bash in my brain and make me scream with pain, then kick me once again and say we'll never part. I know too well I'm underneath your spell, so darling, if you smell something burning, it's my heart. <laughs> Take your cigarette from its holder and burn your initials in my shoulder. Fracture my spine and swear that you're mine as we dance to the massacre. 